one sentence, what does Girls That Invest do? And I know you do this really well. Girls That Invest is a media company that specializes in helping women and minorities understand financial literacy, understand stock market. It's just de-jargoning a very confusing landscape. I knew that Girls That Invest was going to be something that we needed to do when, um, particularly in March 2020, the stock market dropped. And if you were financially literate, you saw it as, oh, you know, just kind of another day. We have ups and downs. This is not abnormal. If anything, let's, you know, invest a little bit more money. Um, I don't need to be moving my KiwiSaver around. And then I turned up at work and I remember people saying like they'd moved from a aggressive to a conservative fund and they'd solidify their losses. And I just remember the fear mongering on you know social media and the news and it made me realize that even though I was surrounded by very intelligent very capable people a lot of us were new grads that had just started out you know first full-time jobs the lack of financial literacy meant that people were making poor money decisions and that's when I realized you know education in itself is not actually enough to know what to do with your money and we need a specific knowledge around it yeah, it is, um, it is just not something that is taught and I hope that changes at school because my parents are not financially literate and uh, I only am now because of work and business. So. Um, so how did you take those first few steps? What did you do? I'm definitely a go-getter. I think if someone had to describe me in like one word, it's just someone that gets things done. And so for me, the idea came about and within, I'd say, a day or two, I was like, right, let's come up with a name. Let's think about where people are and let's think about what we can offer. And for me, that was, it was almost like an upside down triangle. And at the bottom of the triangle was, well, we should probably offer some sort of, some sort of incentive. Um, is it good? I don't know what it's going to look like. Maybe it might be a book or, or a, a webinar or a course or um, workshops or something that we can do. That's the bottom of the triangle. Well, to get people to you know, get there, not everyone's going to be either able to or can afford to have the time or energy uh, to invest in something like that. Let's have something that's more general and broad um, that still gives them as much free resource and content and education as possible. And so we were weighing up between a YouTube channel and a podcast and we went with podcast because um, we kind of laughed and said that we had the face for podcasts and we also had <laughs> <So> a <mean>. little... <laughs> and we also decided that it would be a good way to start because with a podcast, you're actually not investing that much um, into this. You just need a good microphone, which actually we didn't even have, but you're not having to, you know, set up a, a video camera and be do your hair and makeup or, or whatever it is that you need to do. It's a very low effort way of beginning something. And then at the very top of this upside down triangle, the biggest portion was, well, no one's going to search up a podcast on money. So where do we reach everyday people that could benefit from learning these skills? And that was where everyone was, which was social media. And so that's why I made a Instagram account. I made a Facebook group because back then in 2020, Facebook was still alive and, and somewhat thriving. Um, added all my friends and family. Very embarrassing. But I still remember one friend on the first day messaging me and going, you've done it again. Like, how did you know that I was interested in investing in the share market? A lot of action, myself included, a lot of action-oriented people just go and do stuff. They don't lay out why the, the reasons that they did something. So the fact that you talk about why the podcast, because it's a sort of easy access-ish. 
and then where you look for people is a thing that people don't consider. They just do these things because they think they should do them. They don't think about why. Should I be on Instagram? Should I be on Facebook? Should I be on all of these goddamn social platforms? Where are my people going to be? It's you know, constantly keep trying to think, think about. So it's really interesting. It is really interesting. And I think when I see or I look back to, well, why did it grow? Why did it become quite popular? I think it actually comes down to the naivety of my mindset. And you hear this a lot. Like business owners were so naive. will always say when I first began... I don't know. I didn't weigh up. I didn't make a pros and cons list of like YouTube versus a podcast, which would be better. Where should I put my time? Because the analysis paralysis, when you have too many data points, means that you get less done. To not know enough and go, I could read a few articles on how to record a podcast. I can download this free software. And podcasts might not have been the best option. Maybe we would have been even bigger if we had gone down the YouTube route. But the idea is at least we chose one and went for Mm. it thinking 10 years five years knowing you (laughs) into the future what is the ultimate goal the ultimate goal i think is to have the one-stop shop where someone goes hmm i'm interested in improving my money and that girls that invest is able to help them in that whether that is free content whether that is um, paid content whether that is you know, a one-on-one or just something that they can feel like a part of. When I remember my journey of beginning in personal finance and when I was studying finance, I was looking for communities online or in person because I think when we begin a a very life-changing or habit-changing journey, whether that's like fitness um, or finance, you want to find like-minded people and you want to feel supported because it's not easy. It is not easy going to the gym every single day. But if you have a community of other people doing it and you're seeing them every day, you're going to be more motivated. And the same with finances. No one goes, oh, I'm terrible with money. I'm going to quickly snap out of it and be good with it. You still need support. You still need change. And to have a community to do that is so important. So we have a great online community. I think the next step is taking that off the screens and actually putting that into place in, in, in the real world, as some people say. People struggle to build community. They can build followers and they get excited about the number of followers they have, but community is the key. What are your top tips? I'm glad that you asked this question. I think if I have one skill set that I can you know, put my hand up and say, this is why things work, is I'm very good at building communities. Girls That Invest has not been my first. Um, when I was younger, I built another online um, community it grew to a very large following we had celebrities follow it and it was very engaged and I think my top three things is have a mission that everyone is so clear about if you say hey I am this brand and my mission is to help more women and minorities learn about investing that is very clear people know what they're there for if you say hey we want to help people get better with money that's a cool mission It's a noble mission, but it's not really specific enough and it doesn't really make people feel like they're being chosen to be a part of this. It just is like, come in if you want. It's kind of like an invitation to a party where someone says, you know, if you want to come in, you can. You're you're less likely to go. Whereas someone looks at you and says, are you a woman or a minority that does not invest? Come here. That is a much stronger mission and a stronger invitation and you're going to get more pull. I think the second thing with missions Um, and with community building is you've got to be very vulnerable and authentic. If you can say, this is my journey and these are all the things I did right and all the things I did wrong, 
people are more likely to trust you and go, okay, she's actually, or he's actually a human too. And this is more for companies or brands that have, you know, a very strong, like founder story or, or founder wants to be front facing. But I find that that has made such a difference when you can put a face and a story and a person, like the fact that our brand has quirks and little, you know, side offsets of, you know, girls that invest, but they also really love skincare and they'll talk about that sometimes and tie that in with investing. Like, I think that really helps. And I think the third thing to build a community which I hate saying this because I hate it when people say it to me. It's just a time game. It's just a consistency game. We told ourselves we're going to do it for 12 months. It was so embarrassing at the start making content for like the three followers that we had, <laughs> you know, and, but you have to give that same energy as if you had three followers or 100,000 followers on social media. You have to turn up the same every single day and the people will come if you keep the first two, you know, pillars up, the, the idea of having a strong mission and being consistent and being vulnerable. And I love that you say it's embarrassing because a lot of people keep saying, oh, I don't want to post on social media because I'm embarrassed. My friends and family will see it and they'll laugh at me. If they laugh at you, they suck. So who cares? But um, everybody feels that way starting out. And it's really refreshing to hear that because they can't even imagine having three followers. It's oh, very hard I to remember. Imagine. It was, it was three followers. I still remember them. One was a friend, one was a, a random person, one was a family member, and the friend I hadn't spoken to in years. And I was like, why are you here? Like, why, is, why is this happening? How do you embed that, that purpose, that mission into the business? I think saying it constantly and having it front facing and having it be almost something that you keep referring to to yourself will reflect in the work that you do. And so for example, if we ever came up with, um, so we do a lot of content creation because I think content creation is a really good way to give bite-sized pieces of information about you know, a wider topic. And so let's say something topical happens. Um, an example could be the you know, Olympics or the Met Gala or the King's coronation that happened recently. You can tie those pieces of information with what your mission is about. For example, talking about the fact that xyz happened and or, or even speaking on like this terrible thing happened where um a woman was not able to leave a certain situation imagine what would have happened if she did have financial literacy imagine the different outcomes for our mothers if they were able to say i've got taxi money i can leave wherever i want like by taking things that are almost every day and bringing them back to your mission you show the importance of what you do impacts every aspect of your life and so someone might think well okay it's fantastic that your mission is about financial literacy but this is such a small subset of a person's life by going well actually no money affects the health outcomes you get if you have more money in your bank account you are going to get that knee surgery a lot quicker and definitely a lot quicker compared to the public system in New Zealand if you can afford even turning up to a GP in a higher socioeconomic area you are more likely to be referred for the same problem than if you went to a much stressed out rundown clinic that was behind on three hours and had a very um, you know lower decile um, rating, that's a, a completely different story. Money affects the education you get. It affects all these different areas of your life. So to say that it doesn't um, 
is, is unfair. And so you're able to tie this mission constantly back to all these different points and suddenly it doesn't seem like a little small thing anymore. So on the flip side, for businesses that are trying to do or they have started the more established and are trying to retrofit mission and vision and, and purpose in, what are the pitfalls they should avoid? I think it is very easy as a consumer to see when a mission is being rebranded for the right reasons or when it just feels like something that should be done. And I think as a business, you've got to be so careful to make sure how authentic is this coming across? Are we slapping on something without the actions behind it to drive it? And if I was to do, if, if, if I was in charge of your business and you were rebranding and re redoing your mission, I would not be radio silent and then suddenly drop a bomb and announce it and everything changes. I would be drip feeding. In, in um, Gen Z language, I would be soft launching my mission. I would be doing things that showed that we were actually making active changes towards the mission before I even announced the change in our mission because you're going to have people go, well, they're walking the walk. If they really care about X, Y, Z, they've actually done things to show this journey because you're probably doing, excuse me, you're probably doing a lot of work behind the scenes, but consumers don't see that. They just see the final product and allowing people to come on the journey of you sharing the mission is going to be a lot more effective than, hey, this has changed. And I mean, that's true of everything social media at the moment, isn't it? It's bring people along on the journey. I'm forever telling people who say, oh, I'm not ready for social media. Yet. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to launch this. It doesn't matter. Depending on your brand and what you want to achieve with it, you should be bringing people along with you so they understand and get invested in the idea. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. If anything, that has been our biggest asset, having people go, we saw this go from a thousand followers to you know however many you have now. Like Those are going to be people that are invested forever. That was um, part of the reason I think Atik was so successful in the early days was that community and particularly around the shareholding and the crowdfunding, which I cannot wait to do again. So how have you funded Yourself. We, I say this to people all the time, I let my nine to five be my first investor. And so I basically kept my job until I had enough money from girls that invest to fund my salary um, and my, my colleague's salary. And so the idea behind it was make it a very lean business. And that was by, not by choice, it was something we had to do. Um, but it meant that rather than waiting until we could afford the best podcast equipment for example we bought $200 microphones got free software and put in a lot of our time in the weekends outside of you know work hours um, trying to learn how to edit things ourselves rather than hiring an editor because we couldn't afford one for example and we did that for a year and a half before we decided to start doing um, well start before we decided to work with other brands and work with Sharesies that was our first partner and that was very intentional for me. If you're going to be a media company and you're going to speak on something so uh, taboo like money, you need to show, or maybe in better words, um, earn your stripes and show a level of authenticity, consistency, show that you're not just there to you know, make a quick money grab. And when you have people's trust because you've been doing it consistently for so long, it just means it's a lot easier to have high engagement. And so our very first and, and only um, product that we sell, when we first sold it, we thought, you know, maybe we'll get 10 people jumping in on this. We had 500 people sign in. And that was just purely because of the high levels of engagement by slowly building it up over time. 
when you don't have external funding, you become a very resourceful founder. And a resourceful founder, in my opinion, is, is one of the best kind of founders. Agree to all of that. And I think the businesses that we should celebrate are those that have not raised. And I appreciate not, all, not every industry can, but I think the businesses we need to celebrate are the ones like Spanx or MailChimp that literally bootstrapped to where they are. Give or take. What is your number one tip for someone wanting to start a mission-led business? My number one tip in 2023 is to jump on TikTok. And I know you might be thinking, this does not apply to me, Simran. I um, run a consulting agency. Like, this is this would not work. Hear me out. There is a huge benefit into being in the place where everyone is. And you can still create a very high-quality, powerful brand without cheapening it, because I know a lot of people listening and will go, TikTok, I am not going to be dancing on there. Like my brand, (laughs) I don't want to cheapen it. I have friends now that if they want to go eat at a restaurant, if they're looking for things to do, they will not Google those anymore. They Mm. will search them on TikTok. And that is absolutely insane to me. Rather than going, hmm, I want to buy a watch or I want to find out like a good accountant, (laughs) they jump on TikTok and they search up Accountants Auckland. And that's fantastic. You don't have to know what you're doing, but to have a presence there, to find people that do similar things to you, there's a TikTok for everyone. And this is a very unusual number one tip, but it will pay dividends a good example of this was in Australia, they've recently announced their shark tanks, um, the shark tanks, the, sh- the sharks for Shark Tank. And one of them was the founder of Shopo, which is a oh, on-time, cool. yeah, on- online um, retailer for women's clothing. She got on there because two years ago, she decided to jump on TikTok, create a personal brand, just share her behind the scenes. I think she called herself the lazy CEO. And because her personal brand grew so strongly, she's had these opportunities. No one would have said, you know what, Shopo's a fantastic brand. Let's get this founder of that on without seeing her constantly. Because when you're there, you're in people's minds and the amount of opportunities that turn up will just blow you out of the water. Favorite tip. Yep. Uh, Nag every single one of my mentees about getting on TikTok. What is the one action you'd want people to go away and do after listening to this? I think the one action I would want people to take away is to sit down and write down the worst case scenario and the best case scenario for the thing that you know you need to be doing but have not yet done. Because often we over... Um, inflate the worst case scenario and we really undersell the best case scenario and oftentimes you'll realize your worst case scenario is you'll end up right where you are right now your worst case scenario is you try that next step it didn't work and you end back where you are today is that really that bad sometimes you might end up a little bit further back you know financially um, or, or energy wise or you know strain but you're not that far off. Your best case scenario is your life completely changes or you make such an impact on the world or you do things that you are so insanely proud of that you never thought that you could achieve. And so suddenly your risk that you're taking on has a much greater reason to take on. I remember when I was going through this, I thought, gosh, should I really go in all on this? Like, I've got a really stable nine to five job and I really enjoy it. And do I really quit my job after working 18 months? Like, this is insanity. I've spent five years studying for this. And then I had to look at my best best case and worst case scenario. My worst case was 
come back to this job, they'll probably hire me again. My best case was I could make a little dent in the world and, you know, had I not, I would never would have known. And it's really helpful if you have anxiety. It really helps because mm. then you ask yourself, well, what's the most likely scenario? And the most likely scenario is somewhere in the middle. It's never always the worst case. Really I fun. heard Chris Jenner once say that she has a notepad next to her bedside table. So when she wakes up and has, has the exact same thing, she just writes it out. She's like, it's out. I'll sort it out in the morning. Mm. That's annoyingly helpful too. That's annoyingly helpful. <laughs> Damn it, Christian. <laughs> what is your, your number one most successful marketing tactic? My number one most successful marketing tactic is making sure that people come along on the journey. I have never shared a product, a launch, a campaign, a newsletter, and anything without, again, like microdosing it or soft launching it or bringing, up a, a, bringing it up in conversation. You'll see a lot of really successful um founder facing companies do this but they'll go hey i've got two lip gloss options color a and color b which one do you guys like and they'll put it on their story and lo and behold next week the one that was chosen comes out if you have taken a second to just like one of them you have been part of the journey and you are more connected to that experience you're more connected to that campaign and you feel like you've actually been listened to as opposed to being told to go out and, and grab something. And we see that a lot. We will ask our community everything and anything. And I think for them to know that they've got a brand that listens to them creates such a high level of engagement. I would never share something without asking how we could tweak it, whether, it, whether it's a book cover, whether it's the name of a show, whether it's the colors that we use. People love to be a part of things. We're social creatures. We love to be connected. We love to have a say. We love our opinions. Um, and why not, why not work with that instead of spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on focus groups? You've got a free focus group online.